The following podcast is presented by Secret Room Multimedia. podcast usually run for well we clocked the chrono trigger episode in at about three hours you got a chrono trigger episode ish ish say it again <gasps> we got a chrono trigger episode oh my god oh. breathe breathe dr lewis my idea dr capuchin welcome to fair point podcast and that's Star Wars. No, that's the that's still going on with the Jurassic Park score. It is, I swear. I'm Nathan K. I'm Craig Lewis. Man. Movies are just in the air right now. Everybody's talking about movies, and my favorite movie, well, it's hard to pin it down to just one. I've got, like, kind of a holy trinity. Are you talking about people are just talking about best favorite movies in, lately? No, just or movies Or just movies this year. You know, movies have been on everybody's mind lately. We've got all these big movies coming out this year. It's Oscar season. You know, and... I have, uh, we've already done two of my three favorite movies. We've done whole episodes based on Clerks and Harold and Maude. And this isn't the episode where we talk about my third favorite movie in there. Um, they're all tied for number one, I guess. I don't know. Interesting, considering we haven't even touched any of my favorite movies. No. Other, well, I mean, Clerks is kind of a shared one, but it's not as high as you, for sure. Jurassic Park, though, was a movie that changed my fucking life. Rocked my little fucking what seven eight year old mind jurassic pop turned me into a man turned me into a dinosaur i don't believe it pixar didn't happen me and me and craig were playing the sega genesis game and craig (laughs) chose alan grant i chose the fucking raptor no but loopholes man they've been working on a fourth jurassic park movie it's been in and out of development hell for so long now now it's called jurassic world there was a time when it was called jurassic park 4 and that script actually leaked online, like, back in the day. Do you remember hearing it all about this, Craig? I do not. It was uh, supposedly going to be this script that involved dinosaurs with guns and, like, stuff like it that. Didn't. Like, guns strapped to no. them and, and human hybrids. And, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it sounds like a cartoon. It was quite the weird idea. I haven't read the script, but I have read a 
summarization of it. And it is weird. It's about this guy who is hired by John Hammond to like go find embryos on the original island. And he goes there, but then he gets the, the U.S. military's after it. And then he gets caught up into this thing. And there's some mercenary who like is cloning his own dinosaurs and training them for like militarization. And they're these raptors that can go chameleon <laughs> and like they're, they're hybridized with other things. It really sounds weird. like a changed plot to a Resident Evil game. He sends them in to assassinate like a world leader or something. <laughs> Can you imagine a raptor, the greatest assassin the world knows? Well, yeah, but it, obviously that would have been a really fucking weird movie. And now we're getting this Jurassic World movie, which also involves hybrids. But not as crazy weird so far that I've seen. There's this this one centers around a hybrid that Jurassic Park is creating to get more attention because people have known about dinosaurs for at least a decade now that the park's been open. and Get uh, more attention, though? Like, how much attention do you need? You're the only place that shows dinosaurs. Well, attendance is dwindling. They're losing money, so they want to try to reinvigorate, you know, sales. And that's what this movie is about. Now, there's only going to be the one hybrid in this movie, but rumors were circulating recently that there might be more because of a certain toy that Hasbro sort of revealed. I thought you were going to say the revelation of eggs. Yes, they found (laughs) eggs on the mainland. It was the Stegoceratops toy, obviously a combination of a Stegosaurus and a Triceratops. So would it be like Stegosaurus back, Triceratops head? More or less, yeah. And I kind of saw this and was like, no, guys, it's just a fucking toy. It's not in the movie. And eventually Hasbro did say, no, it's just a toy. It's not in the movie. It's, it's not even related to Jurassic Park. It's just a dinosaur toy. But there was a toy line back in the day. Do you remember Jurassic Park Chaos Effect when they originally had a whole toy line of hi- weird hybrid dinosaurs? I don't. You don't remember seeing no. it on TV or anything? I don't recall. I grew out of Jurassic Park fairly quickly. I didn't like the second movie. I didn't like the third movie. And I was just like, whatever. First one was good. Man, well, if you haven't caught on already, I'm a fucking Jurassic Park fanboy to the core. So today, to go along with this upcoming Jurassic Park 4, Jurassic World movie. Yeah, we're going to talk about the original Jurassic Park hybrids, the Chaos Effect toy line, But, Craig, did you know that actually wasn't the first time that hybrids showed up in the Jurassic Park, you know, sort of canon? Uh, I'm still, no. I thought the first time hybrids show up would be in Jurassic World, so. Back in the 90s comic series Return to Jurassic Park by Topps, there was this uh, sort of four-issue run. Topps Groceries? Tops Comics, you know, like Tops. Tops baseball cards. They make baseball cards. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna they say. Make they make comics too. Yeah, they do all sorts of other trading cards, and they started making comics, I believe, in the nineties. Is Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds in these Jurassic Park comics? No. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> now a lot of these comics sort of continued the story of the first movie with the uh, Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm and everybody. Okay. But my favorite little four issue run was about these two characters, Abby and Derek that worked for InGen at Jurassic Park. Interesting. I think Derek was a geneticist. Abby was, I don't know, she did something on computers. And these issues sort of took place during the events. Well, the first two took place during the events of the first movie, where they get left on the island and they don't get evacuated. 
And they end up finding that one of the scientists, one of the senior geneticists that works there, has this sort of uh, shack out in the jungle somewhere where he has been doing his own experimentations and making his own dinosaurs. Sounds evil. He wants to make the most intelligent dinosaurs. He has dreams of their destiny of ruling the planet. It's kind of weird. I want to make the coolest looking dinosaur ever. It's all I ever wanted. They're really dope, though. They're they're my favorite part of the Jurassic Park, uh, you know, expanded universe, if you will. Just, you know, all the Jurassic Park merchandise I have, those are my favorites. And we will cover them in detail, you know, in a future episode. But I thought because we're talking about hybrids, it was worth a mention here in this episode. Well, thank you for mentioning. Me, the listeners, and even you, Nathan, are a little more well-informed now, thanks to you. How does that work? I informed myself. Yeah, that's how learning happens. I don't think that's how learning happens. Sometimes. (laughs) It is. Just go with it. Dick. Well, all this talk about movies, you had mentioned the Oscars, and I thought this was the route you were going to go, but apparently you were going off into Jurassic Park for a little bit. (laughs) Jump of the gun, maybe, but who knows? Uh, Thank you for introducing the topic. Who would have thought here on Fairpoint we'd actually talk about what the episode says we're going to talk about? I thought you were going to talk about the Oscars, which has nothing to do with the topic. Because that's what I want to talk about. Don't you love Neil Patrick Harris? I do. Was he on the Oscars? He's he hosted always on it. the Oscars, isn't he? He hosted it. Yeah, I didn't watch the Oscars. I'd never have had any interest because I, I'm into movies. Uh, you recycled jokes. <laughs> yeah. Did I say the same thing when <laughs> we were talking Grammys. about the Grammys a couple yeah. weeks ago? I didn't watch the Oscars. What I did catch, and I'm thankful I did, was the opening musical number Neil Patrick Harris did with Anna Kendrick and Jack Black. Okay. People. Cool. It was really well done. Uh, voices sounded good. They all nailed it. The song was called Moving Pictures, and they're just kind of paying tribute to all the years of movies and stuff. And uh, I just couldn't get take my eyes off of their 3D green screen they had going on in the background. All the images they were throwing at you were just so beautifully crafted and well done. And like they were using clips from movies and making it merge and segue into each other seamlessly. It, it just it looked stunning. That's pretty cool. And then Jack Black basically voiced our opinions about recent movies. You know, it's like, all I hear is movies, 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 blah, blah, blah. Uh, And he was just going on about like greedy corporate uh, Hollywood. You know, I heard that they were really shitting on superhero movies this year at the uh, Oscars. I didn't watch the Oscars, so I can't tell you. (laughs) You just watched the intro. I just watched the intro. Exactly. Uh, There was a wrestling pay-per-view on. So, (laughs) yeah. That's where I was. Yeah, I don't know, but James Gunn, you know, director of the Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as plenty of other movies, recently commented back about it, and he was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Like, these aren't his words. Just his sentiment was kind of like, if you're going to act like you, because you make, you know, dramatic indie films, are putting more effort into your characters than we are because we're making big budget superhero films. Like that's asinine. And he's like, I put as much love and effort into every movie I make, like in my B, B movies, my big budget movies, my indie films, my dramas. What's my asinine is that instead of getting on superhero movies that have been killing it and for good reason lately, because they're being made well, you know, they're not, why don't you get on the fucking Michael Bay's and all those cracks? Right, just Shitty because directors and producers. 90% of action movies are like, you know, testosterone-laden explosion fests, and uh, 90% of comedies are fart jokes and old white people using Ebonics, and, 
You know, that doesn't ah, mean that... And fat jokes. Don't forget fat jokes. 90% of fucking dramas are fucking depressing indie snore fests. So, like, they act like the only types of movie worthy of, like, critical acclaim are really serious, dramatic, you know, pieces. But Period like, pieces. When is, a, no. when is a comedy ever won, like, one of those awards? Comedy is, is legitimate and relevant to the human experience. And it's treated as if it's just like, oh, well, that's just disposable entertainment and everything. A lot of my favorite yeah. movies are comedies. And it's not any cheaper a form of art than any other like you know storytelling genre i hear you man i i was almost there with you when you were talking about how great um how great grown-ups 2 was (laughs) that was not me you're confusing me with someone else i think i'm confusing me with someone else too (laughs) somebody that i used to know Um. somebody that i used to be yeah maybe if the guardians of the galaxy all spoke to each other in whispered pretentious dialogue like Aragorn and Legolas on Zoloft. Oh, (laughs) shit. Instead of having, you know, discernibly separate personalities and uh, actual genuine witty layered character, you know, to them, maybe then they'd get a a nod in the Academy Awards. I personally don't want to sit here and start hating on the pretentious movies that some are actually really good. Yeah, but... Uh, But definitely the ego behind it all, like, I guess, that's, that's, that's no fair. Yeah, it really isn't fair. It's no fair fair to pretend like you're better than them because you made, uh, you know... They're making very good movies, and uh, maybe if this was, you know, circa two thousand and one or something, and and you were talking about the Daredevils that were coming out, and all, and the Catwomans, and but it, the, the Oscars, I'm sticking by my the Oscars are the Oscars have no relevancy because like even all you got to do is look back at past Oscar winners to see how far off the mark they are. The, the for lasting movies, movies with lasting potential. Yeah, the film buffs in the audience are generally on the winning side of art history in that respect with regards to their favorite movies becoming industry-defining classics and a lot of Oscar picks just being forgotten. So, you know, don't worry about being an Oscar snub. You know, you can still be a legendary piece of film history. Just remember this. Transformers 4 probably made more money than that movie. Guardians of the Galaxy? No, the winner of the Oscars. Oh, Birdman? Yeah, limited release. I haven't seen Birdman, but I, I haven't either. I heard I lots to. of great things about it. I it looks fantastic. I really want to see it. I'm a huge Michael Keaton fan. Uh, Zach Galifianakis is cool. I'm a Stone sh- is fine, just fine. And uh, who was the other? Oh, Ed- Edward Norton. Yeah, please. I'm in. Come I didn't in. even know Edward Norton was in fucking yeah. Birdman. That's awesome. My mom, all I'm going to say is my mom was unhappy that American Sniper didn't win. Oh, yeah. And then she started talking about money. And I'm like, well, the Oscars isn't about money. It's about pretentious jerk offs. My mom was probably watching The Walking Dead. I was honestly surprised American (laughs) Sniper was was nominated because I thought, you know, the Academy would have been like this uh, right wing propaganda film, you know, even though it's, it's nothing like what it was. But. Yeah, well, I can't wait to see what the Oscars are like in 2016 after this coming year of uh, all sorts of fucking movies that are going to rock our fucking worlds and probably won't even get mentioned at the Oscars. Age of Ultron gets snubbed. It probably will. It probably will. Star Wars might get an obligatory nod because they're like, well... Yeah, they're not going to win. What probably will win will be another French film or something (laughs) called Les Toilettes. (laughs) 
All right, Craig. So this news story starts out with a familiar premise. Recently, scientists have discovered some fossilized amber that has preserved within it. No way. Ancient grass. Oh. Now, this is grass from the time of the dinosaurs. But I thought this was going to be a mosquito. Nope, not a mosquito, though, although there's tons of those. Um, actually, I think this may have been what, not this, but something else I'm about to say, may have been one of the things that inspired Michael Crichton to write Jurassic Park, or at least inspired the method of reviving the dinosaurs, right. that I think around that time, scientists were reviving ancient bacteria through finding it in bugs preserved in amber. Successfully? I'm pretty sure. Is that Ebola? I'm pretty sure. Okay. At least we got that figured out. That's where AIDS came from. Oh, no way. Michael Crichton. Mike. Now, back to prehistoric grass. How much do you know about the prehistoric world of foliage? Um, I, I guess if there was like multiple choice. Craig's like on this. a scale of 1 to 10, yeah. 15. Try <laughs> me. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. You give me too much credit, sir. <laughs> I, it would be like, you know, most knowledgeable to least knowledgeable. I would be somewhere at not a fucking clue. <laughs> it may be hard to imagine living in the modern age, but <laughs> grass wasn't really a thing until the late Cretaceous period. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with those ancient eras, but it goes... Well, then what did the Stegosaurus eat? It goes Triassic... Jurassic, Cretaceous. So Cretaceous yeah. was the most recent one. And near the end of the Cretaceous period, grasses really started to show up. Grasses and flowering plants. None of those right, were around. Right, because Tyrannosaurus rexes aren't stomping around killing all the grass. Well, I believe Tyrannosaurus rexes did live in the Cretaceous period. You but got me. I thought they were Jurassic. Yeah, they spanned both periods? No, they're, I don't think they are Jurassic. Most of the dinosaurs in the Jurassic Park aren't from the Jurassic period. It's just a name for the park. I do hate... No, no, no. I when, know that. But. I hate when people nitpick that, though, and they're like, man, half these dinosaurs aren't even from the Jurassic period. This movie's stupid. I'm like, dude, fuck you. It's the name of a fucking park. That's exactly what someone would name a park, and there's nothing wrong with that, you fucking pretentious well, prick. Jurassic Park has a little better ring to it than Cretaceous Park. Right? Welcome to Cretaceous Park. But instead of grass and flowering plants, the world was mostly covered with ferns and conifer forests. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like uh, in, in all the movies I've seen, like Jurassic Park. I think there were palm trees and stuff too. But what's significant about this find is that the grass in this amber has ergot growing on it. Do you know what ergot is? Yeah, I, you, I still feel stupid. Ergot is a fungus that grows on like, I think, rye and barley or something it's frequently blamed for the salem witch trials and stuff like that because it's a very powerful hallucinogen that's related to lsd i thought you were gonna say like the ergot was was burned at the stake because they thought it was a witch during the salem witch trials i was like you're losing me i don't think this is true 
Could be a little off. No, no. Nowadays, it's cited as an explanation for, for why people thought that they were seeing witch stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, and if you're eating and consuming it over long periods of time, you can develop ergot poisoning. I think ergotism or something, which fucks up your feet and your hands and shit. And like, not to mention it's hallucinogenic and makes you trip out like LSD does. So the thing is, this is really significant apparently because this is this means that this type of fungus which is like a parasitic fungus on grass and wheat and barley and stuff has has been around for almost as long as grass itself if not as long as or longer and then adapted or something so and this this means that dinosaurs were tromping around tripping face in the fucking cretaceous period well not all of them but the ones that ate that stuff yeah there were some wharf rat dinosaurs but (laughs) Not the not the meat eaters, unless well, I guess maybe the meat eaters would wait for the plant eaters to eat the fucking. Oh yeah, yeah. Then they would eat. Then, then they would they, eat them. And then they'd trip out. And they'd too. trip out on their meat. And the dinosaur, it, they'd be easy because they'd be all tripping balls, and the fucking dinosaur would come over and be like, "Hey!" And the T Rex holds up his little hand, and it automatically looks like a peace sign. Right, right. Like, it's, a, it's just a claw, brothers, anyways. I'm just chilling, trying to, you know, you guys. I see you guys got that grass over here, and like. <laughs> And then they eat them, and then they they trip face. I think it's it's just going to be a happy thought for everybody to know that that dinosaurs are probably getting high. <laughs> also in the news, Toy Fair 2015 just passed like a week ago. Toy week Fair 2015. Ago. Yeah, Toy Fair 2015. You heard correct. Did you say Toy Fair? Yes, as in like a fair of toys, like a toy con. Um, for 2015. That's the year we're in, sir. It, it, it's, you know, where a lot of the toy companies reveal some of their new and upcoming toys. It's like E3 for toys. Yeah, but with less coverage. Way less coverage. Introduced was uh, Hello Barbie. That was the star oh, hi, of the Barbie. show. Hi. Uh, that's basically a Barbie doll that talks to you and you can hold conversations with it. It records your conversations and remembers information that it uploads via Wi-Fi to the server and just gathers information from all the kids discussing with it around the world to constantly update and, you know, better craft its conversational skills. So now the government's listening in on our children. <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg's just in the corner going, <laughs> How creepy is that, man? A fucking Barbie that it's really cool. I love the idea, but it's kind of creepy too. Yeah, you could just have an actual conversation with a Barbie. Like when I was a kid. I had a Teddy Ruxpin that I thought was evil because it was broken and it would sometimes start reading the books randomly at night when I was trying to sleep and it scared the crap out of me. Holy shit. The, the, what is the to part keep... that Craig's not mentioning is that the books were like Stephen King's monkey shines. and like fucking... I didn't think that was important. HP <laughs> Lovecraft's at the mountains of madness. 50 shades of gray. But as a kid today, what's not to stop them from maybe thinking that this toy is an actual sentient being? Well, what's to stop this toy from fucking becoming a sentient being? When the singularity happens, Barbie equals Skynet. Don't forget, you heard it here first. It already has the capacity to talk to you like Siri. And apparently the parents can like log in online and use a special password so that they can access 
all the information that was gathered by their child's Barbies, and they can find any of the recorded conversations. Oh, now and I get it. Monitor it, and they can delete stuff that they don't want on the server in case now there's anything they don't want. Hello, but... Barbie is the new babysitter. <laughs> How weird would it be if, if a mom's just looking on the server one day to see, like, what has my kid been talking? Is, is there anything I don't want on the server, like our address or something, you know, or anything inappropriate about, you know, whatever. So she's looking through... And she just starts hearing these conversations of her daughter, her six-year-old daughter, plotting with the Barbie to kill her and her husband and take over the house. And it was the Barbie's initial idea. Mentions the first phase of the plan, putting poison in her coffee. She's, <laughs> she's she glances it. nervously at the coffee she's putting to her lips and sets it down. And then, and then she looks at it again and goes, oh, it's just tea. It's not coffee. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> just my fucking morning whiskey. <laughs> oh, honey, that's not poison. That's just Bailey's. Also introduced Star Wars Blade Builders. Craig. I thought you were going to say Blade Runner. It was going to be a Star Wars Blade Runner crossover toy that, series. That would be interesting. Harrison Ford is in both of them. <laughs> no, Craig, this is a fucking lightsaber building kit. Where you oh, I've can... seen those before. I got one for my nephew a couple years ago. A kit for building your own lightsaber? Yeah. Bullshit. Toys R Us, yeah. Two, three Christmases ago. Really? Yeah. It was like 20 bucks. It's probably not as well constructed as this, maybe, but... It's not just a lightsaber toy? It's like... No, no, no. no. This is literally like there's different pieces. You can construct your own personalized lightsaber, like a double-bladed one or a cross-guard one or, you know, one Well, they they didn't have the cross-guard one, but... Yeah. No, this is, you can make your own, dude. Like you, the design is up to you. Like you can make it with a handle that has individual lightsaber blades coming out that are smaller. You can make it with two blades. You can make it with, dude. Well, I'm sorry that a couple of years ago we could just build a lightsaber in general. I didn't know there was one. I thought this was the first. The like, look on your face your was pri- priceless when I was just like, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It was like a Mr. Wizard kit, like a toy kit. Well, this has got to be super expensive. I'm imagining it comes with the actual crystals, like mined from planets on the outer rim. Oh yeah, the the one I bought just was LED lights inside of a tube. <laughs> oh no, this is legit. This is like legit. Like it takes like a lot of dedication and patience and Jedi training to <laughs> construct. It's in the fucking well, yeah, because you manuals. can't you can't really construct it. Construct it. You have to construct it with your mind. It's, it's ages five and up, but you have to have <laughs> a parent or a Jedi counselor to assist you. Also, uh, Creature Replica Cryptid Figures. It's this new company. They, they have like five figures. Um, they're called Creature Replica, and it's all figures based on cryptids, you know, like Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the same creature that I just said, uh, Hellhound, Yeti, uh, Skookum, which is like the, I think it's like the Bigfoot from like Oregon or Wisconsin or something. Spring Hill Jack? No, no Spring Hill Jack yet. It's mostly just werewolves and Bigfoots this first run, but I'm hoping we get to see some chupacabras, some fucking Jersey Devils. Yeah, some some leche de chupacabra. Also, Diamond Toys is producing a lot of new Kevin Smith toys. Mooby mugs, Bluntman and Chronic sculpts, uh, all sorts of shit, including a set of four Clerks action figures. I'm, I'm sure they'll be sold separately. Black and white realistic not really? cartoon realistic fucking figures of uh dante, dante randall jay, and jay Silent Silent Bob, Bob. all modeled off them in their 1995 incarnations wow yeah they're pretty fucking dope dude 
And it looks like Jurassic World has a ton of new toys coming out. Of course, of course. Uh, they've got some weird build-your-own dinosaur toys. Oh, and, and you need the supervision of either a parent or a Jedi counselor. <laughs> uh, yes, or a... Build-your-own dinosaur. Or no, just John Hammond. I, I was going to say like a highly qualified geneticist such yeah. as Henry Wu. Top-tier geneticist such as na, Henry na, Wu. Na, na, na. Yeah, they're really cartoony, but they're kind of weird. You know, you can make them with heads on their hands, and like you just make weird hybrid dinosaurs, and it's pretty cool. And, and the, the the heads on the hands are just like I'm a dinosaur. Heads on the hands, heads on the hands, looking uh, like a hybrid with your heads on your hands. Oh, uh, guess what? I'm eating by picking things up. <laughs> also, there's. A couple games that uh, were debuted that I thought were kind of cool. Uh, Portable Settlers of Catan. Oh, because, you know, I don't know how many times I've ever been in a card ride and been like, you know what I could go for? A game of Settlers of Catan right now. <laughs> we got time. Trip to the store. And an Urban Dictionary game, which is kind of described as Pictionary meets Trivial Pursuit. Um, Warning, not for children. I was going to say, yeah, Urban Dictionary. Most of what I've seen on that website is pretty obscene. Just just don't go looking for a rusty venture. Well, Toys R Us has a new line of toys coming out. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they got Walking Dead toys coming out. Oh, so these ones won't Comic come... Comic ones. These ones won't come packaged with fake heroin? <laughs> Let's hope not. Fingers crossed. Oh, are are these the McFarlane toys? No, 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 no. Not no? that cool. Uh, no, these are like souped up Legos. They're called Mini Mates. Oh, yeah, I know Mini Mates. Yeah, they got four new ones coming out for Series 7. Introducing, finally, Nagin. Are, are Mini Mates, are they Diamond Toys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are made by Diamond Toys. Word. Um, Diamond Toys is also releasing Jay and Silent Bob Mini Mates. Um, oh, no way. There was Blunt Man and Chronic ones. I think I saw a zombie Jay and Silent Bob. And I think I saw a Marshall Will and Holly one. Federal Wildlife Marshall. Oh, yeah. Will Ferrell is now a Mini Mate Diamond Toy. Well, this new series is going to have Negan, um, Alexandria Rick Grimes. You know, full big ass beard Rick Grimes. The new one with the one. shaved head and the hook? No. Oh. He does. No. No. He's got spoiler he still has alert. long hair. Sorry. Yeah, he still has long hair, but now he's got the full beard still. I think it's before okay. the hook. Um, Andrea, that looks pretty badass, scar intact and all. Uh, those of you who are fans of the TV show and not the comic, trust me, Andrea is a fucking badass. Oh, she's so much cooler in the Terrible comic. Terrible in the show. She's awesome in the comic. One of my favorites. And Ezekiel. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Ezekiel gets his own mini mate. How about that? There's also new Todd McFarlane toys coming out for the show and the comic. That's got to um, be sick. There's an Abraham figure coming out for the comic and a Jesus figure coming out for the comic. So that's pretty cool. Better late than never with the Abraham one, huh? <laughs> Earlier, I was having the most ridiculous conversation with my roommate about uh, sometimes we just make up ridiculous ideas to, you know, entertain each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like I've had roommates the, before. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, clean up the apartment. Hey, what if they did this? Wouldn't that be stupid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mindless conversations, yeah. So uh, the, the topic of conversation was, what if they made a Walking Dead fighting game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the crawler zombie. <laughs> and we were treating it with the seriousness that the topic deserves. Um, which, so none. Which is to say... At the, simultaneously none whatsoever and the utmost sincerity <laughs> and uh, not anywhere in between that, just both at the same yeah, time. Yeah, right, of course. 
And yeah, we, we settled on the idea that it would be a, a 2D fighter with graphics similar to Marvel vs. Capcom 2 with a huge selection of characters from the comic done in a little bit more kind of like anime-y, cartoony way. And uh, there would also be Daryl and Clementine from the game. Cool. <laughs> Clementine in a fighting, a fighting game, game. Yes. And the the main boss so battle weak. would be against Ro- uh, Robert Kirkman, who would be this like god <laughs> figure, this avatar of god. Jesus, you just like threw <laughs> Coed and Cambria logic into that. I am the writer. <laughs> and we were saying how ridiculous and stupid it would be if they did it. But I'm like, man, you know, if they did it the way I'm imagining and made it a good fucking game, that, I, that shit would be dope. I just don't know what moves these guys would have <laughs> other than punch kick. Um, maybe Rick Grimes can use his hook. Totally. And Michonne's got her sword. Michonne's got her sword. I guess Carl's they would all got have his butterscotch weapons. pudding. <laughs> I thought this was going to be the comic. <laughs> well, speaking of video games, Hong Kong's releasing a new Xbox One bundle, and you'll never guess what's packaged inside a dead raccoon. No, a free Xbox burger. Yeah, buddy. Free Xbox burger. Probably tastes about as good as a dead raccoon. There's an X on the bun. Wait, it's a burger? Yeah. Like pre-cooked or you have to cook it. Is no, it a, it's, it's actually, little... it's a voucher for a free burger at a local fast food place. Word. Cause I was like, damn, GameStop's going to have to fucking spring for the cost to send all their employees to federal serve safe classes so that they can know how to handle fucking food, proper handling <laughs> food and prep. storage of food items. Oh man, we got to get in freezer now. Yeah, Can <laughs> you even keep an Xbox in a freezer? Is that even safe? I don't think so. Let us know. Fairpoint podcast at yahoo.com. We're genuinely curious. I'm not sure if I was so much curious. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to that <laughs> question. The burning question. Uh, no, but this bundle. No, I want a fucking Vsauce video. Like, hey, Michael from Vsauce, can you keep an Xbox? Or no, first it'd be like going off on like, in the tundra, temperatures are so low that blah, 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 blah. But can you keep an Xbox in a freezer? (laughs) Vsauce episodes. You're ridiculous. Ducks and jumps in. (laughs) Xboxes normally stored at... (laughs) Room temperature. <laughs> <laughs> Seem to function rather well. That's an overstatement. <laughs> oh, geez. No, I've never heard of that before. Like, given fast food restaurant, I can't remember the name of it. It's, it's not something in America. But they, they have a specific burger that's called the Xbox Burger. Like, it's a combo, and it comes wrapped in Xbox uh, food wrapping. This Xbox logo all over it. And I assume when you order the value meal, you have to get Mountain Dew with it. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be extreme. Totally. Uh, It's a 500 gig Xbox with a code, a download code for Assassin's Creed Unity and Black Flag, like standard uh, bundles are nowadays in the in the Americas. But you also get a retail copy of Dead or Alive 5, four months of Xbox Live, 17 US dollar credit for the Xbox store, a tote bag. Cushion, <laughs> because you're going to be sitting for a long time, so might as well soften the blow. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a, it's like a zafu, you know, like a Zen cushion, but spelled with an X instead of a Z. Yeah, because <laughs> it's extreme. I gotcha. All for the low, low price of about four hundred and fifty U.S. dollars. That's not bad considering how much you pay for the Xbox One as it is. Yeah, I mean Xbox One with no bundle or just nothing is four hundred dollars. You know what video game I'm looking forward to? 
There's a few right now. Not very many, but uh, there's No Man's Sky. We talked about that in, I think, the Kids in the Hall episode. Right, right. That's the one where you create your own planet, right? You No, you get assigned a planet. There's oh. millions of planets in this universe, and uh, it... It, it looks amazing. Like, it would literally, I guess, take you, like, 15 years to explore every single planet in that game. And you can explore and discover stuff. And once you discover it, when other people encounter it, it's it tells chartered. them who discovers it. And it's charted. And, like, you can, like, upgrade your ships. And there's space fights. And, like, it looks fucking awesome. And dinosaurs. Lots of dinosaurs. I'm also looking forward to... <laughs> lots of dinosaurs. Cuphead. Have you seen anything about Cuphead? No. Is it like the Coneheads? No, dude. It's an indie game. Totally modeled after like 1930s cartoons, like those creepy Betty Boop cartoons and oh, no shit. Way. Dude, it looks fucking awesome. It looks amazing. Look it up. the The whole game looks like you're watching a 1930s cartoon. Like awesome, crazy. Just like how South Park looked like you're watching a South Park episode, mostly. But also coming out, Craig, Lego Jurassic World. Oh, I heard about that. That's what you're really excited for. I'm pretty excited for it. Lego That's games the are AAA always... blockbuster title you can't wait to get your hands on. It's just Lego games are always good. And you play through all four movies. So it's going to be like Jurassic Park, the complete saga. Yeah. And there's probably going to be tons of human characters to play as. You get to make your own hybrid dinosaurs with like different Lego parts and stuff. Using Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt doesn't... He's not a geneticist. He's, he's like the game warden. He's like no, the Robert no, Muldoon. No, but you, you use him in the game. Oh, you can make a Pratosaurus? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we used the DNA. Chris Pratt's like, I know I will be. <laughs> sitting there with his controller. <laughs> there you go, Xbox. There's a commercial for you. There's a fucking Crichtonsaurus. You're damn well right I'm going to make a Pratosaurus. The Plesio Pratt. The Onilosaurus. The Gold Bloomadon. The, the, the Dernoceratops. <laughs> go on. <laughs> There's, these are all the dinosaurs you could make that, that you could name after actors, actors from that the were Jurassic in the Jurassic Park, Park movies. movies. Yeah, the William H Macysaurus, <laughs> <laughs> the Macysaurus Rex. Well, Chris Pratt's supposed to be teaming up with Steven Spielberg possibly again in the near future. Oh, this um, new Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones movie. Yeah, Disney has their eye on him. He wants to. They want him to do the movie. Uh, Steven Spielberg said he would love for Chris Pratt to take over the role as Indy, and he actually wants to direct the movie himself. Steven Spielberg, not Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at it. Um, I'm not as attached to Indiana Jones as some people are. Don't get me wrong. Indiana Jones is the shit. See, I'm more but... attached to Indiana Jones than I am to Jurassic Park. Maybe. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, 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 had, I never... Got into Indiana Jones as much as I did Star Wars, you know, but Indiana Jones is dope. And I'm honestly, it can't be worse than the newest Indiana Jones movie. They could be making Shia LaBeouf the new Indiana Jones. That would be worst idea ever. The sad, sad truth is that it quite possibly could be as bad as the last Indiana Jones movie. You're right. It totally could. I don't know what I was thinking. Indiana Jones uncovers dinosaurs living beneath the earth. Hey, Indiana Jones and Dinosaurs, honestly, I think would make a lot more sense than Indiana Jones and Aliens. Is it because he's an archaeologist? Yeah, and he's going on these adventures in like remote places of the world. And the Nazis are trying to train the dinosaurs to be their killers. <laughs> Big Tobacco's crying up a storm to Congress lately. Uh, what else is new? Well, they lost some civil suitcases, and the government 
is now telling them that they have to place ads that are basically saying, we lied to you, cigarettes are harmful, we are a bunch of filthy liars. What? That's a little, <laughs> that's a little much. Does, like, are, are politicians being forced to do these commercials? No, absolutely not. They're, like, they're held to different standards. Yeah, I'm totally down for that because I'm sure the people that own these fucking giant corporations are scumbags. Right. But I, I think maybe the politicians should have to go on live television and be like, hey, we're scumbags. We lied to you. We, you know, we're getting blowjobs while we do coke and veto the bills that are for what we said we right. were going to do. Right, and all and this all is this. because they're saying that it's from like – the 40s on, they did nothing but lie for decades about the dangers of smoking. And not, that's not to say that they lied about it, but, but they saw a chance to make money. And they knew that they're like, not a lot of people really thought that they were harmful, you know. But if you ask me, they're, they're supposed to be putting these little ads into packs of cigarettes. And it's like, wrong move, because those people know already how harmful cigarettes are. And they're still going to buy packs. My favorite anti-smoking like label on a cigarette ad that I've seen, I was outside a gas station pumping gas for my friend while they ran in to pay. And I look up at the gas pump and there's an ad for Marlboro or Newport or something. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the obligatory big Surgeon General's black box at the bottom. It's a Surgeon General's warning. Cigarettes may cause cancer in non-smokers. So I see this and I'm like, Oh, fuck. I better go buy a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> this is like the Budweiser hipster thing. Like, <laughs> Of course. Like, I don't want to get cancer. I better start smoking. <laughs> Shit. I'm doomed. But it's like the tobacco companies are like, listen, we'll tell everybody how dangerous it is because it doesn't matter. They're going to buy our product anyways. We are confident in that. But once you step on our integrity and call us liars and say that we have to say we're, we've lied to you, I'm sorry we've lied to you. No, no, no. That's where you draw the line. Integrity is key. We don't apologize. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have bought a pack. Oh, oh. You want another fix, do you? Daddy need his nicotine? Just the facts. Scientific tampering with dinosaur genetics has created a dangerous new breed of predator. Struggling to piece together the lost genetic puzzle that brought the original dinosaurs of Jurassic Park to life, scientists began experimenting with the DNA of dinosaurs, mixing their genes with those of other dinosaur species and even modern-day animals. The result? Ultra-ferocious, hybrid dinosaurs. The most aggressive predators ever, wreaking chaos on an un... On an unsuspecting world, never before has humankind been in such peril. A new breed walks the earth. Jurassic Park chaos effect. What will they ever learn? Learn. Learn. That is the blurb that you would read on the back of any of the Jurassic Park chaos effect figures. That is intense, is what that is. I remember there was a commercial around the time for this toy line that involved these two children walking up and like pressing a button or maybe pressing a touchpad or something and the metal doors slide open and this scientist runs up he's all frazzled and you know he's like oh god we thought we could mix the dna of different dinosaurs but we were wrong and and like he's almost like asking these children for help this old balding scientist and you see the shadow of a hybrid dinosaur approaching and then it shows off the toys and everything wow 
I have never seen this commercial, but judging from your presentation, like I've I've now seen it because <laughs> oh, I can place itself. I can place the proper scientists, the proper kids, the proper backdrop. Uh, it was uh, Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, already there. We thought we could get away with mixing DNA of different dinosaurs, but we, we were, were wrong. wrong. You're fired. All of you are fired <laughs> to death. Uh, basically, this is a toy line that was released in June 1998, you know, just in the wake of The Lost World coming out after The Lost World already had two previous toy lines. Yeah. And, you know, the, the need for Jurassic Park toys was kind of dying out, and this would kind of be their last hurrah. Their Hail Mary. For now. So that blurb does make it seem like it's this new group of scientists, but there are specific mentions in the other toys, bios, that kind of make it clear that InGen is the one responsible for these hybrids still, InGen being the corporation behind Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, who else would be behind it? Well, that blurb made it seem like Thieves. some rogue scientists yeah. were trying to salvage the remains of InGen's research or something. Maybe they just didn't think they needed to be specific. They're like, well, duh, InGen. What else? Who else would it be? So there are only two human character toys that were sold individually for this toy line. John Hammond? John Hammond was not one of them, <laughs> unsurprisingly enough. The first was Ian Malcolm. Of course, this is just after The Lost World. So the characters that you do see in this toy line, there were more humans we'll talk about later that yeah. came with the vehicles are all Lost World characters. And of course, Ian Malcolm had to be in a toy series called Chaos Effect. Yeah, actually on the back of every box is a quote from Doc Malcolm. Whenever man interferes with nature, chaos will occur. Um, that actually isn't at all Ian Malcolm's position. That's not chaos theory. His position wasn't <laughs> when man interferes with nature, everything will go into utter chaos. What chaos theory is, is actually basically saying that complex systems such as the weather, for example, cannot be easily predicted because there are too many minute factors that will affect the outcome. So how come uh, our meteorologist is a damn liar? Oh, exactly what you're saying. You can't predict yeah. it. Still his fault. A good way to think about it is like if you had one of those, like, I don't know what they're called, kind of like a double-sided, like, pendulum that's, like, on a moving, like, thing, and you drop it, and the different joints make the way it moves and spins around. Yeah. It, it moves different. It gets different momentum. The different arms of it kind of move it different ways. I don't know if I'm... Doing I'd, a good I'd, job of you are to me auditorily, but mostly because you're making movements with your with hand. my hand, yeah, <laughs> um, like 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 Doctor Doctor Malcolm. Um, so just picture Doctor Malcolm, okay? Now let me see your hand, Craig, and I'm just gonna drop a little bit of water on it. It's, oh, that's it's cold. fascinating, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's basically there's too many variables for you to predict exactly how certain things will turn out, anything with a certain level of complexity. But this version of Ian Malcolm... Weird. Yeah, it doesn't look anything like Ian Malcolm, does it? No, it looks like uh, an action hero. Yeah, he's in this bright yellow jumpsuit with like black boots and gloves and these brown straps all over it like a fucking 1990s Rob Liefeld X-Men. Yeah, it's more like, exactly, like an X-Men toy. 
And he's got this dino mech armor claw that comes with him that you can like have him hold, which is this big robotic claw for like grabbing animals, dinosaurs and I shit. I thought it should have been called the dino grabber. Uh, he also comes with a T-Rex hatchling. So you get a little, you know, T-Rex hatchling with him. He's like, God damn, my girlfriend. I thought. <laughs> if you've I, recently seen the movie, you'll get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the other human figure is bounty hunter extraordinaire Roland Tembo. Is he a bounty hunter? With um, a name like that, he needs to be a bounty hunter. You just were assuming he's a bounty hunter? With a name. Yeah. Well, he's not a. He's he's a hunter. He's. um. What was the actor? I don't remember the actor, but the bald game hunter from Jurassic Park, The Lost yes. World, the one who wanted the T-Rex for himself. Yeah, the he's, asshole. He's got the accent. He's the like poachers, the dramatic, right? dramatic actor in a lot of movies. He talks like this. You're starting to make me think it's Sir Ben Kingsley? That's not really how he acts in The, the Lost World. I can it, picture him. I'm trying to think of something he's in. He's one of those dudes that's in so many movies, you can't think of one. You know what I mean? Hey guys, Nathan from the future. Apparently the name of that actor was Pete Postlethwaite. Never knew that actor's name, but I've got to say, I'm a fan. Not of the act. well, yeah, I am a fan of the actor, but I mean of his name, Pete Postlethwaite. Doesn't look like a Pete Postlethwaite. Pete Postlethwaite, I feel like I Sounds like an Ed Ed and Eddie character or something. This dude seems like he'd have a more like badass name, like Roland Tembo or something. Eh, back to the show. I'm too sick to be doing these from the future fucking things. Yeah, just looking at the photo, I didn't think it was this guy. I thought it was like a bald Agent Smith. Yeah, he's got like dark sunglasses and this like microphone piece on his head and this like bright gold armor and a gigantic black gatling gun it's a good thing dinosaurs see in black and white he looks absolutely ridiculous and nothing like the character he from the movie looks like he his character shouldn't be able to hold a gun that big <laughs> no human should be able to hold a gun that big unless you're jesse the body ventura in predator and I get his inclusion in this series, but if they were only going to do two and one of them was going to be Ian Malcolm, I would have went with Sarah Harding as the other one. Because you need a strong female character? Sure. Toy? And, sure. And they go together and it just seems more, I don't know, it would have been more dynamic together. to me than, I don't know. Roland Tembo, though, also comes with a hatchling. It's an Ultimasaurus hatchling. Is that one of the new hybrids? Ultimasaurus. Yes. Is there an Awesomeosaur too? Awesomesaurus. <laughs> Maybe a Cooliosaur? <laughs> Ultimosaurus was intended to be the star of the series. This giant menacing dinosaur hybrid uh, between a T-Rex, a Triceratops, a Velociraptor, an Ankylosaurus, and a Stegosaurus. I can see all of those in this dinosaur. That's a lot of things. And the thing is, though, it was featured in catalogs but it was never released, possibly because of the long horns. Um, a lawsuit regarding a child injuring themselves with the long horns on a previous Triceratops figure had just happened. So it's very likely that's why they didn't release but That's this stupid, guy. though. Like That's basically saying, oh, now we can't release anything with arms and legs. <laughs> we can't. Right. Like, Seriously. It's pretty cool, though. Um, you can imagine. It's, it's this big, giant kind of gray and black 
dinosaur with a big armored plate on its back like ankylosaurus, a triceratops head that's kind of mixed with a T-Rex head. Velociraptor legs. Yeah, it's got the claws on its feet like a velociraptor. Long skinny arms and long skinny fingers. Kind of like a velociraptor, but even longer for yeah. like the fingers. It's kind of weird. Yeah, like it has extended uh, razor claws or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty badass. It's a shame that it was never released. I would have loved to have that figure as a kid. Did you own any Chaos Effect toys? No, these came out once I was kind of done with toys. Like, But if this toy had been released, you would have owned it? Probably. <laughs> I guess that's not fair to say because to this day, I still have toys and buy toys sometimes. But I wasn't asking for toys for Christmas anymore and shit, you know? Yeah, well, this thing's arms, like you were saying, they're long and spindly, kind of. They're like longer than a Velociraptor's would be. Uh, to give you a good visual on it, think of Pumpkinhead's arms. <laughs> yeah, 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 with the long fingers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Think of that, like claw hand or whatever, like a Slenderman. Also left unreleased uh, was this big yellow mech suit, uh, real similar to the power loader that Ripley gets in in Aliens. Yeah, or uh, the Titan in Titanfall. Yeah, sure. It's it's weird, this unattractive green color. It's shown in a Hasbro catalog being piloted by Ian Malcolm, or at least this series version of Ian Malcolm. Maybe the creators of the toy, like, the toy line was just like, oh, shit, we're ripping off robot jocks. <laughs> what the fuck is robot jocks? It's a movie. Keep up. They're fighting robots. Yeah, like see, I suits. remember, uh, was it called Robot War? Battlebots with Mick Foley. With Mick Foley? Are you talking about a show? I think it was... Originally on Comedy Central, BattleBots, and then it got canceled, and then like TNN or something picked it back up and had Mick Foley be like the host. And now uh, there's Robot Wars with Chris Jericho hosting. Really? For sci-fi. They're bringing it back. They're going to be bringing it back. spiritual successor, if you yeah. will. There were a lot of dinosaurs that weren't released, too. Uh, three purebred dinosaurs were going to be released. Uh, Ceratosaurus, a Euplocephalus and a Triceratops. Uh, the Ceratosaurus, if you're not familiar with the type of dinosaur... Wait, did you just say a Triceratops? Yeah. Isn't that a, just a normal dinosaur? Yeah, that's what I just said. Purebred dinosaurs. Oh, oh, okay. Purebreds. Yeah, so these are just regular dinosaur species. Yeah, the Triceratops was just a normal Triceratops, but with a very weird paint job. Yeah, the, the pretentiousness of the purebreds is, is just ridiculous. Well, I think it was supposed to be that... It's weird because the purebred dinosaurs that were released on the back of the boxes, it still hints that they did genetic tampering with them, which means they're not purebred, but they're not mixed with other species DNA. So that's where they get that designation. But man, the paint job on the Triceratops is just all over the place. Yeah, it's like a real wonky paint job. Uh, red body. Like maroon, like kind yeah, of a with, mauve. With like <laughs> zigzag Pikachu tail on the back. <laughs> And blue horns. <laughs> yeah, blue horns. And a, like, they're bright blue, too. Like, bright sky blue. Kind of weird. And the the Euplocephalus is kind of weird, too. That's this fat ankylosaur-type dinosaur. A lot of the paint jobs in this series are really odd. Yeah, what's with the albino dinosaur? The Ceratosaurus? I don't know. Maybe it never got its paint job. Because the figure, the pictures we have of it, it's just like a dull beige or gray. Um... That's like this T-Rex dinosaur, this T-Rex type dinosaur with a horn on its snout. 
And it, oh, I thought it was a leaf. It did appear in Jurassic Park 3 with a blood red head. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, maybe it just didn't. Maybe it's the only albino dinosaur and it's at like the top tier looking down at all the other hybrids calling them muggles and shit. Well, if you look closely, you'll notice there's a lot of scratches and scars on it. And its tail was actually removable so that it could look like its tail was bitten oh, off. Oh, I thought it just wasn't put on. No, supposedly <laughs> um, this is from it living in the raptor pen. I don't know where that intel comes from, but that's what I've read. Oh, that's so sad. Poor dinosaur. All the guy wanted to do was live. And they made him live in a fighting ring in a raptor pen. And he, had to, he had to eat to survive other raptors. And they all ganged up on him and bullied him. Uh, then there were some hybrids that didn't make the final cut. Uh, I guess the first we'll talk about is Pachycerolophus, which was a mix between a Paracerolophus and a Pachycephalosaurus. Are you? Uh, is this all just like weird noises to you, or basically uh, okay. gibberish mostly? A Paracerolophus is one of the duck-billed dinosaurs. It's got gotcha the long like horn on the back of its head. That was probably used to make calls, kind of like a flute. Um, oh. You can actually see them briefly in the first Jurassic Park film in the water at the very beginning when they see the brachiosaurs in the water. Okay. And the Pachycep, Pachycephalosaurus, was in the Lost World. They're the headbutt dinosaurs with the big dome heads that just yeah, were yeah, ramming yeah. the trucks. See, all you had to do is say big dome head dinosaur and I would have known what you were talking about. I am terrible with dinosaur names. Yeah, well, I got this production sketch in front of me that's the Pachycephalosaur. No, it's the Pachycephalosaurus. The, the, the Pachycephalosaurus. Pachycephalosaur is a real dinosaur. Paracephalosaurus is a real dinosaur. Together, they make sweet love and make the Pachycephalosaurus. The Pachycephalosaurus. <laughs> With bat wings a on its head. A pack of psoriasis. Gotcha. Oh, no, that's a fin, a shark fin. Yeah, it's really weird. It's got this big fin on its head. It's like an armored face. Really weird looking. Didn't make the final cut. Used steroids, but only in its leg days. It didn't make the final cut. Uh, neither did the Stegospinus, which was this purple stegosaur that seems a lot skinnier and more agile than a standard, you know, big bulky stego with these blade-like plates along its back and yeah, blades and at the blades. end of its tail. Man, this guy looks like one badass motherfucker. That he does, Craig. That he does. The, the powerful hind legs. And if any of you guys want the visual references, we're sure you can find it just by Googling their names. Most of them will probably show up in the fucking Google image search. And maybe we'll post them on our Tumblr or our Facebook or our Twitter or our Instagram. Or maybe the ones that are mainly for photos, like Instagram and Tumblr. That'd be great. It's theorized that the Stegospinus and the Pachycerolophus were meant to be sold together in a two-pack because... Both of them are smaller than any of the individually sold dinosaurs, but they're a lot bigger than any of the hatchlings, you know, that are oh, packaged okay. yeah, with another yeah. figure. So seems like a sound deal to me, a twofer. But as cool as the Stegospinus is, the one that I wish got released the most that was unreleased was this really awesome, like aquatic raptor type creature. It's like gray and black with these spots of bright blue, and it's got fins on its spine and its tail and webbed claws. And, uh, oh, man, it's a big fucker, too. It's about half as big as the Ultimasaurus. Yeah, I bet that thing swims really fast. It's often referred to as Deinonychus by the fans after this production sketch of this weird creature that looked like a sort of raptor mixed with a dog. It had those wicked raptor claws on both its forelimbs and its hind limbs. Oh, yeah. 
I don't think this is the same creature, though. I think this was meant to be a weird aquatic raptor of sorts. What did you do, man? What did you do? Well, well, you know, I just, I just thought velociraptors are so deadly. Why, why not make them able to swim? And twice their normal size, and maybe three times their normal size. I didn't think it would ever turn out like this. Uh, then the last of the unreleased figures we're going to look at, the Dilophospinus, which was a cross between a Dilophosaur and a Spinosaurus. For those of you in the dark, the Dilophosaur was the eh, Yeah, the one with the fins. Yeah. Like the, almost like, looked like a big sunflower was, came out of frill. its side. Yeah. They didn't really have those in real life, though. That was an invention of, like, Aww. Steven Spielberg or Stan Winston or something. And the Spinosaurus was in Jurassic Park 3. They're the big one with the long crocodile mouth and the big spine on their back. Yeah. Um, the Dilophospinus, we only have pictures of it as production sketches, but it had these big yellow scales on its back, its forelimbs, its neck, its head, and this strange mechanical apparatus affixed to its back. A tracking device, hopefully. I, in, the, in the production sketches, though, it's sort of being ordered around by Roland Tembo. It's a machine gun. Implying that, I don't know, I feel like it's like some machine that helps them control it. This is how we fight back. We control them. Fight fire with fire, or as the case may be, genetically engineered dinosaurs with genetically engineered dinosaurs. Specific, I like it. But let's take a look at what actually was released. What dinosaurs actually did make up this series of wacky and wild dinosaur fusions? First, we'll start with a few dinosaurs that weren't fusions. (laughs) See, the scientists in charge of this project apparently chose a few dinosaurs, only the most badass of dinosaurs, to just genetically enhance and, you know, bring to their fucking peak potential. So just make stronger, faster, better hunters? Yeah, the $6 million raptor and shit. Seems like a... I feel like $6 million is an undersight for... Just making a regular dinosaur. Yeah, a regular raptor is a fucking $7 billion raptor. The $25 billion raptor. <laughs> we can build it. I just feel like Dr. Evil was in charge of this toy line, and he's like, just tell me a freaking number here. I don't know how much does InGen regularly spend on dinosaurs. What would convey that this is a massively evil and expensive dinosaur? About $7 billion? Tw- That's a little much. We'll call it Indominus Rex. So the first one that we're going to look at is the Raptor Alpha. You can tell he's an alpha because he has lots of stripes. Yeah, it's actually a really, really cool uh, palette, like paint job. Yeah, blue, yellow, black. It's this slick, like dark black and bright blue Raptor with like these neon green and yellow stripes on its back. It's honestly just a repaint of the same Raptor figure they used in three of the four previous toy lines. Oh, why, why, uh, you know, why fix something that's not broken? Yeah, it's, it's a great figure. I, I have to give it props. I like how these toy lines are dedicated enough to put the JP brand on each one's like leg or side. All the Jurassic Park toys had those. I had a bunch of Jurassic Park toys, Jurassic Park toys as a kid. None of this series one thing i like is in this series they also have this weird like decimal number and like x's underneath almost like it's an actual brand that the you know the caretakers put into them yeah that's what i was getting at like this they would be branded and herded like cattle uh the raptor alpha's stats on the back of its promo card read chaos genesis 
Night Hunter Velociraptor. Chaos Genesis is sort of like, I guess, where, what did we, how did we create this? Or what is its gene? It's a, the genus. I think what they meant to say was like Chaos Genus. And maybe somebody stupid read that and was like, well, that's a typo. Let me fix that. And corrected it to Genesis. I love me some Phil Collins. <laughs> uh, it's a purebred velociraptor. Length, nine feet. Weight, 1,300 pounds. Diet, carnivore. Behavior, ultra intelligent and aggressive. Raptor Alpha is the ultimate velociraptor. Bred from pure specimen DNA, it is faster, more agile, and stronger than its natural counterpart. Developed specifically with night camouflage, it is perfect for nocturnal hunting. Yes. Diet, anything it fucking wants. (laughs) You thought you'd seen it all with the Alpha Velociraptor. Well, coming up now is the Omega T-Rex. It's orange. Yeah, um, one thing that this series, one thing that the creators of this series definitely firmly believed in was that orange is the new black because there's a lot of orange in this fucking series. A lot of black, too. There's a lot of black and blue. There's a lot of recurring sort of patterns and themes. The Omega T-Rex is a repaint of the earlier Bull T-Rex that came with the Lost World line. It's sort of a beefier, you know, big-headed Rex. It's got a gut. It had one too many meals. It's it's starting to get lazy. To me, it's more of like the fucking football player of the T-Rexes. The linebacker? Yeah, you know what? I was was actually going to say that, but I was like, I I feel like I'm just going to be throwing out something I feel like I heard (laughs) somebody say in a football conversation, and I don't want to be that guy. I might be wrong. Omega Ralph, linebacker dinosaur. Chaos Genesis, purebred dominant Tyrannosaurus Rex. Length, 50 feet. Weight, 10 tons. Diet, meat. I like this. (laughs) Some of them say diet meat, and some of them say diet carnivore. Diet, make it bloody. Behavior. Purebred and purely terrifying, the Omega T-Rex is by far the largest, most ferocious predator to ever walk the Earth. Genetic fine-tuning has turned this large Tyrannosaurus into a hyper-aggressive lizard. Well, that's weird because they're avian creatures. Oh. The ultimate Tyrannosaurus Rex. No longer does it possess the inherent weaknesses of a genetically unaltered T-Rex. It is faster, stronger, has better eyesight and sense of smell, and has somehow developed a much more aggressive temperament than its predecessor. Still can't touch its toes, though. Brilliant coloration and unnatural markings easily distinguish this colossal lizard as a mutated chaos effect variety. Enormous jaws open wide to gulp prey down whole. Omega T-Rex, the incontestable tyrant king of the dinosaurs. And don't forget the laser eyes. I wanted a dinosaur with frickin' laser eyes and its frickin' giant bulbous omega head. <laughs> But you only asked for $1 million to create it. I think I could do a better Dr. Evil impression in 2001 but <laughs> than now. Frickin' amateurs. Can I be your son, <laughs> Seth Green? I want to be Seth Green. They released another big giant T-Rex figure. This one also a repaint of the Lost World Thrasher T-Rex figure, creatively called the Thrasher T-Rex. But the paint job on this one, man, way different. Yeah, what a neck it's got on it, too. Yellow body, 
Although this one leans more towards like a green and less towards orange like the Omega T-Rex uh, with like the black and red head like the Omega T-Rex and black and blue stripes down its back. A lot of recurring themes like we said. But like predominantly yellow legs and the black is just up on the back and in the face and like weird designs. It's like a leaner, more agile T-Rex than the Omega. The racing stripes makes it faster. <laughs> Chaos Genesis, Tyrannosaurus Rex, length 40 feet, weight 8 tons, diet carnivore. Behavior, undisputed king of the dinosaurs. Wait, clearly it is disputed because, because I thought there's the an Omega, Omega T-Rex was the undis- unparalleled or whatever. Unparalleled <laughs> for one dinosaur. I mean, they're just using they're just using synonyms the now. Yeah. The 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 Thesaurus Rex. Oh, clever girl. (laughs) Undisputed king of the dinosaurs, the Thrasher T-Rex is a genetically altered Tyrannosaurus Rex with enhanced predatorial characteristics. Accelerated pigment coloration gives the T-Rex its distinctive markings and shockingly vibrant hue. Accelerated pigment coloration? What? You're just throwing words together. (laughs) I.E. this is not a camouflaged dinosaur. Yeah, stick out like a sore thumb in the jungle. Well, maybe not in a super colorful jungle. Uh, Accelerated pigment coloration gives the T-Rex its distinctive markings and shockingly vibrant hue. A side effect of the genetic mutation progress. Process. Hyperdeveloped musculature makes this kingly beast stronger and faster than its natural counterpart. Enhanced senses improve predatorial proficiency, ultimately creating one of the highest level hunters ever to exist. Powerful locking jaws clamp down on its unfortunate victims while it thrashes its prey into submission. Resistance to this predator is futile. Be afraid. Be very afraid. So what's the name of this T-Rex? Thrasher T-Rex. Thrasher T-Rex. Listens to a lot of thrash metal. Like, it listens to Bat Boy's band. Of course. (laughs) Who wouldn't? (laughs) So, after seeing an Omega T-Rex and a Thrasher T-Rex, my challenge to you, Death Battle, (laughs) who would win? (laughs) Oh, you're just sore over the whole Goku thing. No, dude, there's a lot to say about Death Battle. No, no, there's there's a lot of reasons why I I have issues with Death Battle. We'll talk about it at a later date. I love Death Battle. I, whoa, we can have a little uh, debate at some day. A death battle, if you will? No. <laughs> a worded discussion. So where are you? Then? No, that was it. Okay. Next, straight out of Compton, the Comp Stegnathist. <laughs> Codename, Lasher. Not all the dinosaurs have code names, only like two of them. Oh, this one's a G. Yeah, that's their rap names. The two that have <laughs> fucking rap names that are straight out of Compton. Chaos Genesis, Compsognathus, which are the, they're the little guys, the compies, you know, the little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, in, they were biting the little girl in one of the, the beginning of one of the The beginning movies. of the Jurassic Park novel and the beginning of the Lost World movie. I was talking about, yeah, the movie because. They, they had a big part in the first Jurassic Park novel, they but did. they weren't in the movie. So they recycled a lot of the scenes from the first novel that involved them into the second movie. Didn't they kill a main character in the first movie or in the first book? Yeah, but we won't spoil that. We won't. We won't. Not at all. That's why I just left it. There's like 12 main characters. So, so the Chaos Genesis is Compsognathus mixed with Stegosaurus. We all know who that is with the plates on his back. And I know that one. An African tree frog to boot. <laughs> is that what gives it its uh, shiny colors? 
Yeah, I guess so. It's it's like lean bodied, bipedal, but it clearly uses its front limbs for support as well. Um, kind of olive green colored with black arms and legs, this black and blue striped face like everybody, these sharp, colorful stegosaur plates all along its back, this bright yellow stripe running along its sides, and it also has this long, prehensile tongue that it can shoot out to, like, grab motherfuckers and drag them into its mouth. Dude, that's an awesome mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said? Maybe. Now, if we were were to make a football team made of dinosaurs... (laughs) I would start watching football and playing fantasy football. That would be unfair. Forget the whole can a can a gorilla play football question that we did before. (laughs) Dinosaurs, no way. Not only dinosaurs, but dinosaur hybrids bred to be the most vicious aggressive. (laughs) It's unfair. It's unfair advantages. So I would watch the Ingen NFL. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. So the Omega T-Rex is the linebacker, while this guy, I would say, is probably a defensive end. Quick, fast, agile, can take down a quarterback real quick. Length, 13 feet. Weight, 2 tons. Yeah, I could take down a quarterback. (laughs) Diet. Tom Brady doesn't stand a chance. (laughs) Diet. Tom Brady. (laughs) Behavior bred to be the ultimate first strike scout. The comp stegnathus combines speed and aggression with a piranha-like appetite. Traveling in packs, these dinos overwhelm larger targets and devour them within seconds. For smaller prey, their tongues are their most valuable hunting tool. Inherited from African tree frogs, their tongues lash out and wrap around unfortunate prey, dragging them into range of razor teeth and sharp tail spikes. Large armor plates offer a line of defense against enemies. Individually, the Compstegnathus is cautious, but turns vicious in a group of its own kind. Holy shit! This dinosaur, though. (laughs) Like, it's, it's not... Oh, oh shit, we gotta have it protect itself. Huge spikes on its back. Not good enough. Oh, let's make it a fast, quick beast that can quickly, just like that, in a snap of a finger, devour its prey. Whole. No, 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 no. We have to make it easier for this thing. Let's allow it to just chill back and, like, grab prey from range and drag it in with its tongue. <laughs> screwed. You are screwed. You're so screwed. This dinosaur already is, is eating you, and you don't even know it yet. You're... Team, your football team is definitely going to the Super Bowl next oh, year. Oh, I got a, I got a stellar defense so far. <laughs> what I don't they, know how many can catch a football though. What would they be called? How about the Isla Sorna Saurians? Isla Sorla Saurians. Isla Sorna was Site B. Yeah. Isla Nublar was Isla, Jurassic Isla Park. Isla Those are the islands. Nublar, yeah. The Saurians, you know, dinosaurs. The Saurians. <laughs> I don't know. Seems seems a little on the nose. <laughs> Next on our list, codename, Sky Terror. Real name, <laughs> Sean Carter. <laughs> Real name, Ankyloranodon. Yes, this thing is a combination between a pteranodon, you know, like a pterodactyl, the fly-y motherfuckers, and an, an ankylosaurus, you know, the closest to the ground, big, heavy, armored motherfuckers with the, you know, the club tails right, and right, the right. spikes and armor on their back. Why would you ever combine these two dinosaurs? I'll tell you why, man. Because they were thinking, well, it's got this club tail, but it's got to be able to get some height so we can get some leverage and momentum behind its its swings. The second it it tries to take flight, 
its skeletal structure would collapse under its own weight, and it would be a crippled, horrible, pitiful excuse of a dinosaur carcass begging to be put out of its (laughs) misery by Dr. Jerry Harding. Oh, shit. Kill me! (laughs) Kill me! No. And I'll look down and whisper, no. Length, 25 feet. Weight, 9 tons. Diet, fish, land-dwelling animals. Behavior, Ankyloranodon is a genetic combination of the armored Ankylosaurus and the flying Pteranodon. Like a flying tank, never going to happen. <laughs> the Ankyloranodon was specifically engineered to attack large ground-based carnivores. Lethal spikes and spines on its back add protection, while its tail provides a dangerous and valuable weapon. Thor's hammer. Capped by a large spike-laden ball, the tail is perfect for quick and lethal airborne strikes. The Ankyloranodon is an intelligent and cunning predator, but unlike its chaos effect relatives, it hunts only when it's hungry and kills only what it can eat. So it's like it's like so a, it doesn't kill for defense. Yeah, it's like a responsible, you know, live off the land hippie farm dinosaur. <laughs> hey man, I only kill. What I intend to eat, and I use everything from the kill. Hey, man, that's that's not cool, man. You're wasting so much of the product. Meat can be murder, but it isn't always murder, man. I I responsibly. So you're saying this thing can't and fly? Humanely, kill my prey. It. I don't think it would be able to in real life. If well, you look it, at it's, it, it's it's more of a matter of weight ratio. The ankyloranodon is skinnier. Than like an ankylosaur, but it would be too heavy with all that armor for those skinny little wings. Coming in at nine tons, it weighs about as much as... (laughs) It weighs nine tons, (laughs) and it's 25 feet long. That thing is never getting off the ground. What's the wingspan, please? That is, it's torture to just breed these creatures. You're making John Hammond cry, even. And, he, <laughs> and he's like kind of, sure, he's a friendly old man to you and I, kind of. But he, he's a ruthless billionaire that don't give a fuck. And he would be like, oh, God. Oh, God, put it down. <laughs> got some monsters. Dear Lord, this is, this is tragic and heartbreaking. Kill me! God, please kill it and can talk! <laughs> Next, we got this jazz-playing cool cat, the Velociraptorix. Oh, he plays jazz? He looks like a jazz musician. I had no idea. He is smooth. <laughs> like, not quite Lando smooth, but like Betty Crocker smooth. Uh, it's supposed to be a mix between a Velociraptor and an Archaeopteryx. Is that the thing with the feathers? Yeah, totally. It's, it's technically considered a bird. It's considered probably the first discovered bird. Um, right. Not the not the first discovered bird, but the oldest discovered bird. But it, it's very dinosaur-like. It is the missing link between dinosaur and bird. So what you're saying is they just made a velociraptor that can fly. <laughs> it doesn't look like this guy could fly either. Its feathers almost look, look like long spines. Like long fingers. It, it's tall and really skinny. Got a lot of curves. Uh, long limbs, long tail, long neck, long face. Long teeth, long fingers, long forelimbs with these long protrusions that are reminiscent of feathers, as well as those things on its back. The better to caress you, my dear. Its tail, its neck, its back. (laughs) That's as far as we're going with that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And it's got this weird, like, beige-ish yellow color with, like, an orange stripe bordered by black running along its back. 
it's it's pretty cool looking. Again, it's worth it to Google these things and see them for yourself. We hope we're doing a good job of making a mental image in your mind. Trying to describe them. Length, 16 feet. Weight, 1.5 tons. Diet, omnivore. Behavior, a genetic mix between the Velociraptor and Archaeopteryx. The Velociraptoryx was bred for mobility and ferocity. A raptor's razor claws, jagged spells, and the flight capability of the Archaeopteryx combined to make it one of the most dangerous of the genetically altered dinosaurs. Highly intelligent and clever, it usually stalks its prey in packs and has been known to hunt for sport. I have one question. A raptor's spells... What are they like? Indominus Rexus. I thought they were like spelling bee champions. <laughs> Spell Pachycephalophus. No. They just they just kill themselves on stage like G.G. Allen. <laughs> well, like G.G. Allen intended. I have a question too. Well, no, I I thought when you said I have one question, and I was like, oh, I got a question too, and I was I'll let you go first. So then I made that statement and lost it. <laughs> Next is Paradynonicus, Chaos Genesis, Parasaurolophus plus Dynonicus. You remember Parasaurolophus from earlier? Yes, I do. But no. you know what? Just so everybody else remembers, maybe you should refresh my memory. It was the duck bill with the long kind of protrusion on the back of its head. Yes, yes, that plays the flute. <laughs> and a Deinonychus was sort of like a raptor. It was like a bigger version of a raptor. Because they need to be bigger now. That's... Well, you know, velociraptors were only about four feet tall. That really doesn't matter. <laughs> in, in the Jurassic Park novel, they are properly depicted as about four feet tall. And they're described as sort of yellow with black stripes. And in the movie, Steven Spielberg made them bigger. To be more menacing. Yeah, and right as the movie was starting production, they discovered a new species of raptor in Utah named Utah Raptor, and that was the same height as the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. In the movie? So yeah, the Velociraptors of Jurassic Park are pretty much Utah Raptors. Now this figure is really cool. I would have loved this as a kid because... The Parasaurolophus was actually one of my favorite dinosaurs as a kid. The duck-billed guy? Yeah, the duck-billed guy. Which is cool, because it, it wasn't very badass, you know what I mean? It wasn't a meat-eater. It wasn't even like a Brachiosaurus or Triceratops, like a badass plant-eater. If it swam by you, it would go, hmm. It was just cool. <laughs> it was cool. It could probably play, like, the Legend of Zelda shit on its fucking <laughs> head. It uses its horn as an ocarina. <laughs> And the Deinonychus was a badass meat eater. So you combine them, you get this big yellow Deinonychus Parasaurolophus mix with jagged purple stripes down its back. And of course, the obligatory black-blue pattern on its face, webbed claws. And what's kind of cool about this figure is its tail has been bloodily torn off at the halfway point. Presumably so it could fit in its box. Most likely, this toy line is telling a story that we aren't quite aware of yet. There should have been comics to go with it. Oh my god, that would be the coolest thing ever. But no, this this guy's tail wasn't bitten off by another dinosaur. The toy producers just broke it off to fucking put it in the box and painted some blood on it. I kid. But no, I, I think that's why its tail is cut short. I thought you were going to say it was chopped off by Roland Tempo. <laughs> Length, 19 feet. Weight, 2.1 tons. Diet- don't ask her about it. <laughs> Diet carnivore. I don't know why it's not an omnivore. 
Behavior. A genetic mix between Parasaurolophus and Deinonychus, the Parasaurolophus was bred as an amphibious, high-speed hunter. It combines the powerful legs and body of a Parasaurolophus with the lethal claws and teeth of a Deinonychus. Like the Parasaur, it can stay underwater for extended periods of time, giving it a distinct predatorial advantage. It runs in large, vicious packs. There's multiples of them. Oh, God. You thought piranhas were bad. Run, forest, run. And, I mean, run, forest, run, as in the forest should run, because I don't buy that this is a straight carnivore. It's going to eat the whole forest and everything in it. It's going to eat the world. <laughs> Call that motherfucker Jimmy. Next, we have a Margospinus. So, looking at this guy, he's he's kind of a weird-looking creature. It's, it's like a brachiosaur, but with, like, a spine or fin spine. Yeah, Brachiosaur, of course, being what your layman would call a brontosaurus. They're the big long neck motherfuckers. Right. It's kind of like, you know, a, a Jurassic giraffe. Yeah. Uh, brontosaurus wasn't actually a real dinosaur. Basically, somebody had discovered a brachiosaur skeleton and a diplodocus skull, and they put the diplodocus skull on the brachiosaur skeleton and thought it was a different dinosaur. Voila! Brontosaurus. Turns out, you d- they discovered years later, wasn't real. But the Amargosaurus, Craig, is a real dinosaur that is a brachiosaurus. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I have to stop you there. But are you telling me that when the Brontosaurus was actually the first hybrid dinosaur created? <laughs> You'd be right. That's pretty dope. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> The Amargosaurus, though, real-life dinosaur, was like a brontosaur-type dinosaur that had either spines or sails on its, like, head and neck and back, which is pretty cool because you only really see that in a few, mostly, like, carnivores and maybe a few herbivores, but this is the only big long neck guy with a distinguishing feature like that, and it's pretty dope. Well, it looks like this guy has sharp teeth, so I'm kind of scared that it's not Well, the Spinosaurus, of course, we discussed earlier from Jurassic Park 3, also was a carnivore with a big spine. So that's where you get this evil-looking motherfucker with his blood-red sails and stripes on his back. Just look at him right now. I bet you he's plotting to destroy... Uh, I bet you he's plotting to kill our parents with Barbie. Right, just be thankful that uh, they made a Barbie that can learn and record data and grow and evolve and not an Amargospinus that could do the same thing. Can you imagine? A kid gets that Barbie, right? Favorite toy ever. Kid grows up, doesn't want to play with toys anymore. Now she just wants to go out and party and get high. And she comes home one night and the Barbie's just there. It's like, you know, ever since you started doing drugs, you don't like to have fun or hang out with me anymore. (laughs) You just kind of melt into the couch. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, is this the drugs or is my Barbie actually talking? No, legitimately, I don't know anymore. <laughs> the Barbie can talk. Lay off me, Barbie. Just having fun. You wouldn't understand. Who are you to judge, bitch? Maybe my mom didn't buy me a fucking Malibu dream house. At least I have an actual vagina. She's like, no, I know your mom didn't buy you a Malibu dream house. Believe me, I fucking know. I have to room with those fucking disgusting monster high sluts over there. Well, that to be fair, they are dead sluts. <laughs> oh, the conversations we have with our Barbies. So Amargospinus. Length? 60 feet, weight 18 tons. God damn. 
Diet. That's a lot of tons. That's a lot of tons. Diet, fish, land-dwelling animals. I ask you, what does a 60-foot, 18-ton creature want with fish? <laughs> Appetizers? <laughs> Not even. Like, jeez. Oh, devs. Behavior. InGen's efforts to create a ferocious carnivore with the size of a brachiosaur. Why would you ever want to do that? <laughs> Why? Why would you ever want to do any of these things? They're all terrible ideas. The worst one being just making the already crazy stellar killers just more enhanced. Resulted in the massive Amarga Spinus standing over 40 feet tall. Yeah, over 40 feet tall, 60 feet tall. Its long neck and tail provided a wide attack radius for its razor-sharp jaws, while its spiny back and slashing neck spikes offer a near-impenetrable defense. The Amarga Spinus is a loner by nature, thank God, and second only to the Ultimasaurus for individual ferocity. Well, I don't think it could live with anybody else. They all get in their way with food. They need a lot of food. Weirdly enough, though, the figure is much smaller than the Ultimasaurus figure because the figure is like the same size as the 12-foot motherfucker. It's a good thing they're not all sculpted to scale. <laughs> They'd be pretty expensive. <laughs> this, this toy is $20,000. And 18 tons. Made out of ivory. Next, we have the Tyrannops. 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 You heard me right. The chaos. Sounds like a Pokemon. Holy shit. Why is this not a Pokemon? <laughs> I can already see his mega evolution now. Chaos Genesis, a T-Rex mixed with a Lycanops. Now, is that some kind of like having something to do with lichens? Lichens? Like werewolves? Like werewolves? <laughs> um, a Lycanops, yes, is this wolf-like therapsid. Um, a therapsid is basically a mammal-like reptile. Have you ever heard of these, Craigs? Craigs? <laughs> Nose? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fascinating, dude. Back in prehistoric times, there used to be therapsids, which are a total different class of creature. Like, you know how we have reptiles, amphibians, birds, mammals... Fish, insects. Yes. A therapsid is like a reptile, and it's like a mammal. Really weird. A lot of them actually had fur. Oh, so it was, it was like a reptile with fur. Not always, but they, they share a lot with mammals. For example, one of the main things you can see just by looking at them is a lot of them have four limbs which extend downward and out, like downward from their rib cage in their body instead of like a, a lizard which has four legs that splay outwards from the sides. Um, the Lycanops, I believe its name actually means like wolf face or something. Yeah. Or wolf mouth or something. It was a wolf-like reptile, a giant wolf-like reptile that probably had some type of fur that prowled the fucking prehistoric South Africa. How nuts is that shit, dude? Ugh. Had a long snout like a wolf with big fangs and like, this is, these, this, it was a reptile. Dinosaurs are not reptiles. That's a common misunderstanding. They're avian. Right. They, most likely, most of them had feathers and they're not reptilian. But this was a reptile with... Lycanops. Yeah, it was a therapsid, but it was mostly a mammal-like reptile is the best way to explain it. I can dig it. And T-Rex, of course, was an avian, so now they're fucking with... Well, I guess they already were with the tree frog, mixing that with a dinosaur, but they're really mixing total different genuses here. Yeah, this is crazy. Uh, this is one badass mamma jamma. Yeah, we get this big orange, yellow, black, like, wolf 
panther T-Rex thing with like this weird like big T-Rex type head and fangs and this weird lower jaw like the Lycanops and it's cool. It's head's black and blue like everybody's. <laughs> of but course, it's, it's, like everybody else. It's cool. It's really weird looking. Like it's the first time you see a, a weird mammal looking creature. Length, 15 feet. Weight, 1,100 pounds. Diet, carnivore, silly. <laughs> Behavior, powerful and vicious. The Tyrannonops is a genetic mix between the terrible T-Rex and the tiger-like early reptile, Lycanops. Long fangs complement a strong, agile body, creating one of the most aggressive hunters to emerge from the chaos genetic labs. Scary. <laughs> It's just, I'm just thinking like a, a giant saber-toothed Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mixed with a fucking wolf panther. No, you know what? I want one as a pet. Mixed with a liger. Perfect. I want one as a pet. I, that doesn't change that. I want one. Even though it's 15 feet long and 1,100 fucking tons. God damn. Hopefully he doesn't get too excited when you come but, home. We can't deal with no Calvin and Hobbes shit. Oh, yeah, stomping around, mucking up the neighborhood. You could have also gone with Dino and the Flintstones. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, because they both work because, you know, it's part both. (laughs) And finally, on our list of dinosaurs from the Chaos Effect series, Montanaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hon. It don't do no side bends, no sit-ups. It really just lost that butt. Tana got back. You can mix your DNA. Just please don't lose that neck. Tanny got neck. (laughs) You may remember we talked about Tanistrophius in our Lake Champlain monster episode. Yeah, Yeah. this this is uh, Tanistrophius mixed with an anaconda. It pretty much just looks like a green and orange Tanistrophius, which means, oh, God, it's It's champ! champ! With a longer neck, it's champ! Yeah, if you don't remember or you didn't listen, Tanistrophius is this aquatic creature with feet and legs, not fins, that has a long neck that's, I mean, seriously long, like two or three times the length of its body. And it's no surprise that this looks just like the Tanistrophius because it's actually a repaint of an older Jurassic Park Tanistrophius figure. Yeah, it's champ. So wait, they didn't even make it bigger? No. At all? They just, same size. They just repainted it. They just made it. The, the same exact thing, repainted it, and set... Because I feel like its neck is bigger than it normally would have been. No. Not the figure, at least. And no, dude, you should look at a picture of the skeleton of a Tanistrophius, if you okay. haven't already, dude. It's insane. Only It's, it's what, not one of my hobbies. It's got like nine or ten vertebrae, and its neck is longer than any neck you've ever seen, and it's got less vertebrae than a fucking salamander. I kid. Um, <laughs> salamanders have vertebrae, don't they? They do. Uh, man, they I, do. I was not a they biology totally major. They totally do. They 100% do. The Tanaconda. Length, 18 feet. Weight, 1,750 pounds. Um, wait, Craig, what is that in metric? We've got a lot of listeners in Canada and Europe, so... Is it 1.7 tons? I have no idea. No, it's not. Is it 2,400 kilograms? I don't know. I don't know. I was asking you. I am not a converter. (laughs) I am a man, damn it. They can have whatever they want to call their metric system, but I don't know it. Diet carnivore. Of course. Behavior. 
a silent hunter. The Tanaconda is a perfect amphibious predator. Its long neck is ideal for darting after fish and constricting unlucky land-based prey. Venom glands located in the Tanaconda's throat inject poison into its victims through lethal piercing fangs. What a ferocious killer. Kills like a woman. Poison. Isn't that, that what girl they say? is poison! Isn't that what they used to say? No, I poison don't know. Poison is a woman's weapon. That's Game of Thrones slang right there. Oh, really? Yeah. It's kind of sexist. Winter's coming. Just a little matter. bit. Winter's coming. Winter's, winter's been winter's fucking here. year. When are you coming, Jon Snow? Ew. Oh, God. Why did I ask that question? <laughs> Every episode, Craig. Every episode. Now, that's all for the Chaos Effect dinosaurs, but it's not all for the toys. There are a few vehicles that they released. Uh, first, there was the Air Saber. Oh, yeah, the Air Solo Armored Battle Ready Equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what Saber stands for. Uh, <laughs> you didn't even have to tell me it was an anagram. I just automatically knew. <laughs> He's, I'm good at this. I have an intuitive sense for what anagrams stand for. I played with toys, you know. I used to do that in the 90s, so. Yeah, it's, it's a helicopter with rocket launchers and this scary-looking landing gear that totally is designed to snare and grab big dinosaurs. And it comes with a Dieter Stark figure. Dieter Stark was another one of the hunters. And, of right. course, you get him piloting get, this helicopter. You get him with... You only get him by buying a vehicle. Yeah. We didn't learn this in the episode, but apparently he's a qualified helicopter pilot. Got his pilot's license two weeks ago. He's ready. Then there's the Land Saber, or the Land Solo Armored Battle Ready Equipment. I really doubt that those arms will work as effective as they might think it will. Yeah, it's this land roving vehicle with big long arms for like grappling dinosaurs, and it comes with Eddie Carr. Eddie Carr was the George Costanza in The Lost World. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> the guy who gets ripped in half by the two T-Rexes yeah, Spoiler alert yeah. uh, None of these people actually look like they're fucking characters though It's like they just picked random boring unused G.I. Joes And gave them the names of Jurassic Park characters What's he in a fucking hazmat suit? Like, yeah like what's that for? Bright yellow like. Then there's uh, the trike dozer Another land rover with floodlights on top And this arm and kind of lasso th- snare thing okay, and that one looks like it, it the lasso wouldn't work the <laughs> the arm mechanic will just be way too slow and sluggish and there's the mobile command center which is it's a repaint of the lost world command center it's this vehicle that can fold out into a whole command center fences it's an for dinosaurs all that and that was the series there was a follow-up series planned which was called the night hunter series um it was going to feature glow-in-the-dark dinosaurs instead of hybrid dinosaurs because that's what a night hunter would want to do. Glow in the fucking dark. <laughs> um, Why not? Yeah, it was seen in a catalog before it was canceled. My favorite element from this uh, canceled series was the Dilophosaurus, which was bright yellow, blue, and pink. There was a lot of pink on this dinosaur. Got to get that pink in there. Ridiculous looking, but hey, adorable. It's not pink. It's salmon colored. And that was Chaos Effect. And oh, hold on. Hold on. No, no. And that, that's Chaos Effect. Here I am by myself talking You're to not myself. Talking to yourself. <laughs> may as well be. <laughs> Ouch. Gold Bloom, another Gold Bloom burn. <laughs> But you out there could be talking to us, too. 
all you got to do is is use social medias. Yeah, and then we're not by ourselves talking, talking to ourselves. That's chaos theory. If you talk to us, go on Facebook, find us, hit us up. We post pictures, videos, music, you know, funny posts. You <laughs> name it, we'll shit. post it. And you get to keep up on updates on new episodes. You get to find out when the episodes come out early or when there's special previews on YouTube, which we're also on. You can go there and find us on YouTube. YouTube? Why not? Subscribe there. You get all sorts of ancillary stuff. It doesn't come out as often as the podcast, but it's fucking there. (laughs) It exists, just so you know. You can check us out. Yeah, we're on YouTube, of course, under Fairpoint Podcast, but I have my own personal YouTube channel, Shaggy the Shaman, and you can find a lot of cool stuff there, too. I'm working on putting together right now a video that details a perfect chronological timeline of all of the Jurassic Park events if everything with a storyline is considered canon. This may sound like, oh, what, so it's just going to be a little bit... No, this is epic. This features every issue of every comic in the order that they should be read if you want to read chronologically. In between The novels, the movies, the books, everything. The video games. It puts everything into order. I've got the list. It's a good, big, long list, like... You'd be busy for a while if you wanted to do this experience, and I'm going to put together a video sort of detailing it. There's all sorts of things that you probably don't even know about in this Jurassic Park timeline. I think it's going to be a really fun video. I can't guarantee when it'll be out, but hey, go give me a subscribe. My personal channel is Shaggy the Shaman, and when that video comes out, you'll know immediately before we even announce it here. Perfect way to drop that to Jurassic Park fans. Listen to the Jurassic Park Toy Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Fairpoint Pod. Yeah, you'll get all of our Instagram updates there. Or if you're not on Twitter, you could always just follow us on Instagram, Fairpoint Podcast. Whichever one, it it doesn't matter. Or both, all. Yeah, give us some fucking retweets and reposts on those shits. On Tumblr, too. Tumblr. Yeah. Of course, we we post some pretty cool shit, man. Some pretty cool pictures. You'll dig it. Especially, check the fucking Tumblr out. There are more really cool art, behind-the-scenes photos, rare pictures to do with, like, all sorts of topics that we've covered. If this is your first episode, dude, you have no idea the range we've fucking... Or they could if they just kind of skimmed through our catalog. Yeah, do it up. You can see it on iTunes. You can see it on Podbay. Anywhere, like on your Android, on your BlackBerry. Look, if you can't find an easy way to listen to us, let us know. You can email us at fairpointpodcast at yahoo.com. We're still using Yahoo. And let us know. We should be available pretty much anywhere. And uh, if you can't find it or you can't find a easy, accessible way, let us know. We'll do everything we can about getting it up there. We're also always taking episode requests. This episode was crazy. Jurassic Park <laughs> toys, chaos effects. After, after this episode, Nathan, all I have to say is this isn't chaos. It's calculated madness. <laughs> That's I am serious. Our podcast in a nutshell right there. Calculated madness. Ooh. Next week for some more calculated madness, we're welcoming a new guest host into the secret room. Oh, is that comedian Dan McCourt? That is comedian Dan McCourt. How did you know, Craig? Are you psychokinetic? I am. I <laughs> no, am. Because I can bend spoons with my mind. 
Yeah, it's going to be a pretty sweet episode. We're actually going to be looking at jam bands, hippie festivals, and everyone's favorite of those two, fish. I don't know if that's everyone's favorite. I thought you were going to say the Grateful Dead. I was going to be like, no, it's fish. So, hey, all those draw listening, those dark elves, those draw listening. All the droves, all the draw. Drist, Drist Orden, break out your stash box because next week. It's like you can do whatever you want, man. (laughs) We're going to Game Henge. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, bro. Can't wait, man. Gonna get so baked. From the secret room, I'm Nathan K. And I'm Craig Velocipasaurus Rex. Talk to you next time. <laughs> Do <laughs> 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 <laughs>